Hi, uh, welcome to She Shed Light. I'm Hillary Earl. And today I wanted to talk to you or share something with you that the Lord just kind of downloaded um, while I was uh, just thinking about some scriptures this morning. So uh, the title of what I'm going to talk about today is how to defeat anxiety. And this is, you know, this is a big deal um, in our culture today. Um, we've seen an increase in the last year by 25% of people that are reporting to be dealing with anxiety, medications for anxiety have gone up. Um, in fact, uh, it's reported that 264 million people worldwide have an anxiety disorder. So, you know, we want to talk about what God says about this. Okay. So before I get started, I kind of want to just talk about um, whether you're a churchgoer or not. Okay. Everyone's familiar with the 10 commandments, right? So these are the commands that, like I said, even if you're not a believer, you're, you could probably name many of them, okay? They're in our everyday life. We've created laws based on them. Um, so for example, we've got the Eighth Commandment, okay? And I'm just going to write that up if you don't mind. So the Eighth Commandment is what? It's do not steal. Okay, let me screen share if you don't mind so I could bring these up. So you know that I'm actually pulling it from the word of God. <laughs> um, okay. There we go. Okay, so do not steal. Okay. Then we've got the ninth commandment, which is do not murder. Okay, crystal clear, right? We all know these. These are good. These we, we like. Well, the Bible teaches us that all of God's commands in his word are words that we are not to breach. Breaching them is disobedience, right? And has consequences. So what about this command? In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, do not be anxious for anything. So just meditate on that for a minute because that's like earth shaking if you think about it, right? Do not be anxious for everything. I've even read it where it is said, uh, worry about nothing or fret for nothing, which like, how do you even get your mind around that, right? So the full scripture says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I want to kind of unpack this a little bit, okay? So um, that sounds kind of insurmountable, right? Not to, not to be anxious for anything, but I want to talk to you a little bit about really what this means or kind of what the Lord is showing me. So what we have to remember first is that the Bible and all scripture, it's, it's so much easier, I think, to digest and embrace and walk out when you see it for what it is, which is a love letter from our father who loves us more than anyone could ever love anything, right? His goal is he wants us to live abundantly, to be in perfect peace, to have everlasting joy, to have blessing, not cursing. So <clears throat> a letter from a father of that kind is meant to help us and keep us safe, right? So it's kind of like, like if your dad was like, you know, taking you out in the woods, hiking or something. And he told you, Hey, listen, you know, 
If you ever see a mama bear, don't get between a mama bear and her cubs, right? It's not like he doesn't want you to play with the cute little cubs. It's because he knows there is inherent danger in that scenario. So his warning is meant to keep you safe and free from harm and alive, okay? Um, I'm in Florida here, so a lot of times we see these no swimming sites, okay? So some of them say no swimming alligators, but some say just no swimming. So, you know, you could kind of put your hands on your hips and be like, oh, come on, you know, no fun. But the intent of the sign is to keep you alive. It's a, to keep you safe and free from harm. And even if you were to take it into a less critical scenario, no swimming, let's say it's just a pond and, you know, you go in regardless and you come out and you're now covered in leeches. Okay. It's kind of the same scenario when God tells us not to do something. He's like, listen, I just don't want you to either get hurt or harmed or have to come out and have to manage plucking off these things. Okay. That are harming you. So when God says, don't be anxious, he's, he's giving us a command. Okay. Because anxiety is terrible. Fear is terrible. Now, you know, What's a little more challenging, though, is sometimes we feel like anxiety and worry is out of our control. And I want to kind of talk about this a little bit because this scripture gives us kind of a pattern on how to manage that. You know, you can't just snap your fingers and be like, OK, I'm not anxious anymore. God gives us a path to get out of that anxiety. And I want to talk a little bit about that. OK, so. Um, the root of all anxiety is fear, right? And the Bible says that fear is a spirit, okay? And we know this in spiritual warfare that it is usually a lying spirit, okay? It is a spirit. And it's kind of like, remember when we were kids, at least I'm dating myself a little bit. I used to watch like Bugs Bunny and, and you know, all of those kind of cartoons. And, you know, when, you know, the character was contemplating doing something, you know, naughty. There'd be like a little demon spirit on one shoulder and like a little angel spirit on the other. And the demon would be like, yeah, do it. And the other guy would be like, no, don't, you know? So as crazy as that sounds, that's kind of like what we're dealing with in some ways. Okay. There is a spirit and the Bible says that we don't fight against flesh or blood. We fight against spirits and principalities that are trying to take us down. Okay. Um, and that's a paraphrase, of course. But that lying spirit is speaking to you and saying, or speaking to me saying, you need to really worry about this. You know, God's not big enough to protect you. And what about this? And what if you lose your job? And what if you get hurt? Or what if, you know, your kid doesn't come home tonight? Or what if, what if, what if? And as we begin to align with that, then the anxiety and the fear really comes in. Okay. And I, I dealt with this. I mean, I deal with this every day. I think most people do, right? But in this verse, God gives us insight on how to walk this out, a strategy to defeat anxiety, okay? So I'm just going to scroll back up to this scripture real quick. And so he says, don't be anxious for anything, but I want you to come to me. First with Thanksgiving, okay? And the reason I think Thanksgiving is, is relevant is when you start to come to the Lord, when you're anxious or fearful and you begin to thank him, it all of a sudden reminds you of all the times that he has done what he said he would do, the times he's taken care of you supernaturally, the times that, you know, all of his promises. When we begin to thank him, we're like, hey, thank you, Lord, for, you know, you know, performing on my behalf in this or bringing me this and bring me that. And when you start to meditate on all that God's done for you, you start to realize, you know what, he 
promises to continue to do for me. He promises to care for me. And those truths eliminate the foundation that your fear and your anxiety is being built on. Okay. So here he says, present your request to God. So let me know. Let me know what's bugging you. Let me know what you're fearful about. What are you concerned about? Bring your request to me. Come to my feet so that my peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. And we that's what we need, right? With anxiety, it's always a heart-mind thing, right? Our mind starts getting crazy thinking about, oh, no, this could happen, this can happen. And then our heart gets sick from it, right? Our heart gets broken thinking, oh gosh, I could lose this and I could lose that. So right here, we see this formula and I'm going to kind of go into some detail on that. But I love when God kind of gives us like, I'm, I'm a big formula person, a recipe person, right? Step by step so that I can kind of understand what I'm dealing with. Okay. So in my life, this is kind of how the Lord has walked it out. So when I'm in a place of just like, all of a sudden you feel that pall of, ugh, worry or fear, what I do, I call it my four A's. Okay. First, I kind of assess. All right. Why am I feeling gross? All right. And I walk it back and I start to think, okay, the enemy is coming to my mind usually with some lies or some, sometimes it's facts. Sometimes it's not a lie. Sometimes it's truth. Like, you know, I've shared previously, you know, my story of when, um, before I had my daughter, I had miscarried. And it was really hard to trust the Lord when I got pregnant with my daughter because the doctors were saying, giving me the same report, you know, we're going to lose this pregnancy. And then I had facts. Well, you lost one, right? So, man, that's a battle of the mind, right? But what I began to, what, what we have to do is we have to assess. We have to back it up and say, okay, what have we been thinking about, okay? And sometimes it's, you know, the enemy saying, Hey, you know, you're going to get sick or you're going to be broke or you're going to be whatever, whatever you're thinking about in that day. Like, um, I wish I could give you kind of an example of just what I've been dealing with today, <laughs> you know, but the enemy tries to come in and have you just process and think about these things. So I usually walk it back and I assess, I assess and I back it up and I say, okay, what have I been listening to? What have I been meditating on? And a lot of times, um, like I'll give you an example. I was um, pre preaching at a church and I started to just get really like this ugh, feeling of, oh, you know, what you're going to say isn't going to resonate with people. And, you know, it's going to be a waste of time and you're not going to make your point. And you're not going to make a difference. And what if you get something wrong? And, you know, now I'm like about to go on stage and I'm just like, whoa. And I just said, all right this doesn't feel good. So I'm going to walk it back and assess it. And the Lord kind of showed me that it just had this like spirit of self-doubt, you know, creeping in saying all of these things. And so I said, okay, you know, then I did the second A, which is an about face. And the Bible tells us that repentance is a turning from our sin, right? So here I was in error. I agreed with this lying spirit instead of agreeing with what the word of God says or what God says about my situation, right? I said, okay, yep, ooh, I'm going to be terrible. It's not going to go well. It's going to this, it's going to that. So I do an about face and I repent, okay? So I say, okay, you know what, Lord, I repent for agreeing with that lying spirit about my situation because it's not true. Then the third A is ask. Okay. So then I just say, okay, Lord, what do you say 
about my situation. And I got to tell you, I do this all the time. Always something pops in from the Holy Spirit into my head, a scripture, something along those lines. And I felt that instantly what popped in my mind was that scripture about do not worry in that day what you will say, you know, just obey, open your mouth and the Lord will give you the words. Okay. I forget where that is. I should have had that reference, but it was what the Holy Spirit gave me in that moment. Okay. And I was like, Hey, yeah, that's what God says, right? God says, I don't have to worry about this. Okay. That he's going to give me the words. And I can trust that if I'm walking in obedience, that he's going to, he's going to manage that. I don't have to manage everything. And then the fourth A is to align, align with what he says. Instead of agreeing with what the past says or what the enemy is saying or the facts on the ground say, I'm going to agree with what the Holy Spirit's saying, what his word is saying. So, and I'm not saying that we live in la-la land, okay, or we deny truth. So let's say, for example, I was anxious about a business deal, right, falling through. Now, I wouldn't be anxious about a business deal if I was like selling lemonade outside my front door, right? Why? Why would I not care if somebody drove by compared to stopping to buy 50 cents of lemonade? It's because that's not going to rock my world, right? 50 cents loss or gain, not a big deal. But the big stuff, you know, the big business deal falling through at the core, the real fear and anxiety is around, am I going to be able to provide? Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to have to be cared for by my children? Am I going to have money in retirement? All of these things all come from the enemy saying, you can't trust God, Jehovah Jireh, please. What about this? And what about that? And look at the economy and the stock market just went this. And the enemy is going to come to you, right? Just to try to get you into a place of fear. Because when you agree with his word, then a lot of times we're walking that out. We're like, okay, now I got to do this. And now I got to do this. And we wind up responding and walking out and acting based on that fear as opposed to the voice of the Holy Spirit and hearing what God says and hearing what he says about our situation. So, um, so for example, um, in that scenario, you know, when I've had concerns about business or money or whatever, you know, the Lord has often said to me, when the enemy says you're going to fail, the Lord says, reminds me, Hey, you know, the Psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread right? God has promised if we seek the kingdom, his kingdom first, that he will add all these things unto us. So I'm not saying that, you know, you do this and then the catalog drives up, right? What I'm saying is this scripture tells us, come and look into my face because what you're so worried about, you're not going to worry about anymore. And here's something even more significant. Okay. This is where God kind of transforms us. Um, because it doesn't, he's not promising to always make sure that I'm in a nice cushy house with two cars and this and that, right? That's not what he promises because we've got believers in other countries that, you know, are living under a bridge, you know, they're being persecuted and all of that. So it's not like God says, Hey, it's always going to be a rose garden. Okay. But here's where this formula of coming to his feet transforms us. Okay. When we're sitting at, at his feet, let me just run up to the scripture again. Hold on. He says in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. So this is really where the rub is. Okay. 
sometimes we go to him when we're anxious and we're anxious about money or anxious about having a kid or anxious about getting married or anxious about, you know, somebody's, you know, illness or something like that. What's really cool is he says, don't come, you know, when you come to my feet, it's not just about me answering your request. What he's saying is you present your request to me, but I'm going to give you peace in that dark time that will transcend all understanding. It won't make sense. So I'll give you an example. Um, this is where when you sit at his feet, you all of a sudden realize, you know what? Even if he doesn't heal me, I'm going to be okay because I'm his. And if he allows this, then I can trust that he's got a purpose in this. Okay. And I'm a big believer. I'm a faith person, whatever. I'm believing God for answering all our prayers. Right. But there are seasons and times where we don't get the answer that we want. And it's in those moments when you're looking into his face and you're at his feet that all of a sudden you get a peace that changes everything. You're just like, okay, well, if I were to like right now, culturally, our country is, is, you know, you stand up for Christ, you stand up for biblical truth and they, they're trying to come at you. Right. So what if we went the way of Nazi Germany where those that were speaking truth, right. were being persecuted or you know, those that were, you know, hiding the Jews, um, God wasn't all of a sudden springing, you know, springing them once they got caught, they went into the concentration camps too. Okay. But what he's saying is I will supernaturally lift your vision so that you're still not anxious about that. Okay. That you could be in the belly of the whale, you could be in the worst situation ever. And you will just know that I have got you, that I have got the outcome, that you are mine. And no wonder, no matter what the outcome is, that you're going to be at peace. So I'll give you an example of this. Um, here it is. Okay, so we see St. Stephen, right, in the Bible. So he was, uh, I think he's considered one of the first martyrs of the new church. So in Acts uh, 6, 8, it says, And Stephen was full of grace and power, and he was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And several of them rose up, basically, and were disputing him. And they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit by which he was speaking. So they couldn't beat him in the debate. So they secretly instigated men who have said, lie to have Adam, basically. We've heard him blaspheme against Moses and God. And they stirred up people and the elders and the scribes, and they seized him. And it says they even set up false witnesses. Okay. So like, you know, where's God coming in on, you know, his white horse to like save us from this. They're lying about me. And, um, Stephen basically gives his last sermon. He basically tells them, Hey, look, you know, you've resisted the Holy spirit. Um, you killed the prophets and, and, and you killed their fathers and, um, you know, you're doing it again. And basically they went ballistic, right? So they stone him, right? They start, you know, this is, he's going down. So you'd think like, oh, wait, <laughs> the worst thing that we could lose, right? Is our life. That's how we think for the most part, right? So Stephen's in the worst situation, but because he's at the feet of God, what God does is he changes his perspective. And it says, but he, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. 
And he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees. He cried out with a loud, loud voice. And he said, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. And when he said that, he fell asleep. So sometimes we've got something that we could really be anxious about. But when we come to the feet of Jesus and we give it to him, that supernatural peace comes in. And look what happened with Stephen. This is the worst thing imaginable. People are killing you with rocks. And instead, it was a glorious experience because he could look up and he could see the Lord. And it even brought him to a place where he was able to forgive these people. I mean, that's incredible. And so that's really where I feel when the Bible talks about, let me just give you this other scripture. So when the Bible talks in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 about casting down imaginations, it says we need to cast down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. So here's basically the formula. The enemy is going to come. Facts are going to come. Things just to make you anxious. But we are commanded to cast them down and bring them as captives and handcuffs to the feet of Jesus, right? And in the Philippians verse there, it says, don't be anxious for anything, but come to me with thanksgiving and with petition and sit at my feet and I will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. And so when we take the enemy's lies and what he is making us fearful and anxious about, we bring it to the Lord. God promises to take that anxiety and give us peace. Even if he doesn't give us the solution we want to that circumstance, his supernatural peace will govern our heart and mind. And that eliminates anxiety and that eliminates fear. You see, it's a spiritual battle. And we're soldiers, right? We have to do our battle. We can't just like lay there and be like, yeah, you know, like if I own a gun and someone breaks into my house and they want to kill me and I just leave the gun on the table and I don't use it, I'm going down, right? God gives us tools. He gives us guidance. He gives us instruction and wisdom so that we can do battle, but we got to pick up that weapon. And so here, clear formula. Here's how you bring those thoughts captive. Come to my feet with them, lay them at my feet and let me manage it. It's kind of like, and I'll just leave you with this. I think the Lord, you know, sometimes he gives us the round, the whole solution in the writings. And here he's saying, come to me, because I think it's kind of a tailored, you know, response and answer. So it's kind of like, like when my daughter was little and she was a toddler, right? Um, if I gave her all the instruction, like to get dressed, she really wouldn't be able to manage it all. Right. So I would say, Hey, just bring me your pink shorts and your white, you know, Snoopy shirt. And if I let her put them on, you know, her shoes would be on the wrong feet and one thing would be inside out and the pants would probably be on backwards. But I just basically was like, Hey, just go get it and bring it to me. And then I sorted it out. And that's kind of what God's doing with us. He's like, listen, listen, take it all. Just bring it all. Just bring it all to me. And I'm going to sort it out. Okay. Um, so I encourage you today, um, be encouraged in the Lord. I would encourage you to just meditate on that Philippian scripture and speak it because it's a promise that the Lord gives us and, um, just try this formula. And I would love it if you deal with anxiety or depression or fear, I would love it if you would comment and just say, Hey, you know, Hillary, I tried it and here was the outcome and, um, comment if you would like prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you. Um, 
And you know what? Let's, let's, let's love Jesus. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Recording stopped.